Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slamfire Radio, episode 250 for March 29th, 2018. I am one of your hosts, Adriel Michaud. Please say I'm not next. Am I next? I can't see the notes. I can't either. So I'm Kelly Lynn. <laughs> I'm Brian the Temp. I am Recover webpage. <laughs> Brian the Temp has the notes open and no one else does. I'm almost there. My computer hates everything. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm the temporary guy. Mm. The one who no, 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 that's short for temperamental, Brian. <laughs> Either works. Either you works. know me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was last anyway. Uh, yeah. Yep. Sweet. Congratulations. You're going to introduce yourself last anyway? Yeah, I'm Trevor Furlot. Oh, there we go. Welcome, Trevor Furlot, to this little show called Slamfire Radio. Thanks, man. <laughs> All right, what we did in guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. This week, they have the CSA VZ58, 760 by 39 for fourteen thirty nine, And they keep climbing. I bought mine. It was like $1,100 plus the 223, the uh, AR-15 Magwell conversion. Mm-hmm. Uh, tax shipping, I got it all to my door for 13 well, I mean, after the most recent C seventy one news, you could either get them for very inexpensive or very expensive, depending on uh, <laughs> who was selling it and what they thought yeah. was going down. Well, the CZ eight five eights were all over the place. These mm-hmm. would be next. All right. Uh, why don't we go into what we do with guns, uh, Brian? Did you want to start us off? Uh, absolutely. So um, I've got a rimfire precision match next weekend, the seventh. So. I had to go grab some ammunition up at Apps and did some testing to see which ammo I liked and I found the stuff I wanted to use. So then um, I, so I've got to get the rifle zeroed for that ammo now. Um, I'm actually helping to staff the match. I am going to be the friendly and professional greeter. And I know, right? You seem qualified for this. As, as the organizer said, they needed someone they could depend on, and that person wasn't available. So, <laughs> do they need a photographer? Shut up. Uh, yeah, no, really. Uh, oh, man. Rick's available, but Kelly apparently doesn't like any of my suggestions. <laughs> yes. But um, boom. Yeah, no, no kidding. I'm actually hoping there'll be video evidence that I was actually at this event, but we'll see. Um, let's see. Then I there went may to. Be, depending on who's running the camera. And it's always possible. Then I was at the range just getting some uh, offhand practice with the 22, just because. Um, and uh, one of my friends was there with the Just Right Carbine, so he let me shoot that for a bit, and I broke it. Yes. <laughs> How'd you break <laughs> it? Okay, I didn't actually break it. Like it was, it was double feeding. He's like, "That's weird. That it never happens." He's like, "Well, maybe because you're shooting it left-handed." I'm like, "No, that's no, it can't be." And then I'm like, "Wait a minute. Okay, what am I doing? I'm." I'm just pulling the trigger with my finger and I've got my hand on the magwell like I always do. Oh, wait, the magwell is only about two fingers deep. 
the rest of my hand was resting on the magazine. So I was rocking the mag in the magwell, and that was uh, hmm. altering the feed, the, the feed angle. So it, I made it not work, like really. So just Ray Carbine, don't touch the mag. Don't shoot off the mag. I don't think that would be good either. So other than that, the rifle seems okay. I, I like it, but eh. well, I've just never been able to justify parting with a thousand bucks to get one. So and I'll probably continue to not do that. So. And and here's the thing, Brian, now that PCC is catching on and everybody wants an AR pattern PCC rifle for competition, you just wait and you'll get something better, more ergonomic, more AR-esque for the same dollar. We might even talk about some other options later in the show. Right, Adriel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I did get my coasters from oh, just sweet. simple stuff. Yeah, I mean... So I've got some in the office. I got some upstairs. I got some down in the reloading room. It's all class here, baby. So Fusilier, if you're listening, I'll be at Spring Bang. Just saying. Yep. Yeah. It would be silly for him not to take a bunch of stuff with him. So, and it's yeah. it's cool. They come with a um, they come in a display box, which is a, a flattened cardboard box that you have to assemble yourself. And he put in target patches to stick it all together. It's like, oh. it's so perfect. It's awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, and then I threw in the traps. But really? Really, yeah. No. Well, I, they're coasters. You leave coasters out. You don't put them in a box. Um, let's see. The only other thing I did, I was at TACCON on the weekend. Hi, Kelly, again, because we saw each other. Lots. Well, not that. Well, lots for us. <laughs> <laughs> Look wow. at her. She's doing her best Eeyore. Oh, bother. Ouch. You lost. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think that you had to put up with me so much. All guys. He and actually just, gave me hugs. Lots of them. Yeah, oh, just so he just tried to get That's all. Yeah. I see, I don't hug Trevor when I see him. No, you don't. Brian, you should have just told her to take a picture. Wait. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I went with the hugs because it was it was gonna last longer than the picture. Last longer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Hey, Kelly, oh Kelly, I'm just on my first one. I'm hanging up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a call okay, so, to do that, like Mike. So I went to the second day of TACCON. I wasn't at the really crazy, stupid Saturday day when there was no room to move. So I actually had kind of free reign of the place. I could kind of move around and stuff and see stuff. Um, I did get to see the W180C from Wolverine Supplies. I was actually pretty impressed. Um, It has a nice, no-nonsense, solid feel to it. Like, um, it's kind well, the, the 180 was designed by Eugene Stoner to be a cheaper to build AR-15. So it's less refined. It's it's much more AK-ish, like rough edges yeah, and... The, the SKS of the AR world. Kind of. But, no, let's not go that far. Yeah, no, but, stamped steel AR with no buffer tube uh, nonsense going on so you could put a proper folding stock on it. Yeah, because I really need to fold stocks. No, no, I never actually do. But uh, that's okay. <laughs> um, but I, I like the rifle. I like it. Um, it it feels that the the lower feels hefty, the upper feels solid, and this one had kind of a heavy barrel on it, so it was a heavy rifle overall. But it, it just it didn't feel like junk. I would be I would think it's probably a pretty solid rifle. I'd be curious to see how they shoot and all that kind of stuff when people get their hands on them, get get some reviews done. So that'll be awesome. Um, I got to check out the Mossberg, their new pump action twelve gauges with the magazines. Oh yeah. And, Oh, that magazine! It's huge. It's it's it looks like a drum mag. Actually, it reminds was it the ten around or the twenty? It was. This was the ten. I heard there's a twenty. The twenty must be. <laughs> now I gotta think. Um, for like three gun and stuff, 
you really have to weigh your options with with having a mag for shotgun. Yeah. Well, <laughs> a t- a twenty round shotgun mag would be an incredible choice for three gun. Yeah, absolutely. But, now, but a ten, I don't know because you can't like stuff a couple in as you're moving in between in between stages. So you just right. dropping mags yeah. everywhere and. Your mag pouches would be the size of a suitcase, I would think. But well, that's yeah, what the open not. guys face right now with their semi-auto uh, shotguns because most of them are running five-round mags and they have to run like five or six of them. Yeah, but they're single stack and they're not wide, and you know mm-hmm. they're not terribly long, so it's not as bad as this big, huge double stack ten thing or twenty thing. It's carrying three boxes of shells on your belt. It's kind of you know ridiculous, but like if with a pistol you shoot four rounds and if it makes sense to change your mag on the way, you dump six on the ground. Yeah. Right? That's true. With, if you're going to carry, you're not going to carry four 10 round shotgun mags on your body and shoot four rounds and dump six on the ground. No, you would carry two twenties and you're done. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I think with if the 20, it become, yeah, it would be really neat. I, it, it was interesting. And it's, it also depends on what rules you're following. And whether or not you're allowed mag fed in manual standard, whether or not you're allowed, like you're going to go to open. If you're going to yeah. run almost any game, if you run a mag fed shotgun, regardless of the action, you're going to go to open. Mm-hmm. And but I think you're competitive there because imagine a dry start. It's like 20 rounds and you go. Yes. And no, depending on the rule set, you're not allowed a, a dry start on a long course of fire, depending on the Correct. rule set. Yeah. Well, then you yeah, start with well, a 20 rounder in there. Everyone else has got like what nine in their semi-auto. No, no, it's like about your gun. It's about it's about the length of the course of fire. If it's a long course of fire stage, as a match director, you're not allowed to to dictate an empty start on a long course of fire. So there's no advantage to throwing. uh, You wouldn't get to to use that advantage, is what I'm saying. Well, if you had to get to a reload at all, you'd have twenty in the gun and no reload versus nine in the gun and a yes. reload, right? So yes, 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 it all depends. But... You know, it's it adds a different element, a different option. Um, I think it's I think it's pretty cool. Um, now, but the other interesting stuff I talked to MB Char- Sorry, that was me. Um, my drawer here. Let's see. Um, <laughs> That's how I silence mine. That's in the drawer. <laughs> it's there are no buttons on your phone to do there, that. Yeah. Well, I'm in the, the middle drawer. of the I'm not going to. No. Okay. I'll deal with that after. Okay. So I talked to MD Charlton and um, it looks like uh, those of us with 320s that need the free upgrade or want the free upgrade will be able to do that within the next few weeks. They were supposed to be getting equipment set up this week finally. So I'm looking forward to that. In fact, I was so excited about it. Um, I took out my apex trigger and put put the original grip back on the gun, which was brilliant. And then I remember that I have a pistol course at the end of April. There's no way I'm going to be able to send my gun off and have it back for that time. So I'll have to wait and send it off later. So I'll have to send it back and put it in, put it all back together and then take it apart again. Yeah. It'll take me a few minutes, but nothing too serious. Um, I did get to play with the X5 320 a little bit. They had it there for display. If I could get an X5 grip frame, I'd be really happy. I don't know if I'd want to spend $1,500 on the gun. Yeah, I couldn't believe how expensive they were. How yeah. you said on those? I shot a, a, a P260, uh, but it was some other version. Vulcan had some weird name on it. And the reset on it was crazy. It had like a maybe a tenth of an inch uh, reset yeah. on it. 
Unfortunately, unfortunately, these were all trigger locked, so I couldn't even uh, dry fire it. So that was that yeah. was a bit of a problem. But yeah. here's the thing that needs to be mentioned: um, the X5 is not on the Ipsic production list, which means if you want to use that was me, Brian. I was really hoping your phone was going to ring. Yeah, it did. It really, really did. <laughs> sure, we didn't hear it though. Unfortunately, <laughs> I guess your door technique works. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, for the listeners listening who can't see, Brian put his phone in a drawer, so I immediately called him to see if I could get it to interrupt the show. played, sir. And you didn't even get to hang up on me. Well, yeah. So the, X, the X5 is not on the Ipsic production list, so the other option for it then would be in um, standard, but apparently it's so big it doesn't even fit inside the standard box. So if you're thinking about buying an X5 for Ipsic, um, enjoy the open division because that's the only place you'll be able to shoot it. So that's not the gun for open, just an FYI. I know it doesn't affect you, Brian, but no. for the no, no, listeners, right. maybe, yeah. Or, th- or, th- or for three gun. Well, again, it depends, depends yeah, what yeah. three gun you're shooting. Yeah, we, no. we keep saying three gun, but it depends what rule set you're talking about. Three but gun but is like he saying keeps I talking about the rules, Adriel. Why is he always hung up about rules? Just, just go and set them up the way Stick you want Stickler for pick rules. And choose, pick and choose which rules work best for you and go with them. And make Why it you, up as you go. Oh yes. no, like have them Anarchy, published. that's what you want. You men like you just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. I like, <laughs> I, like sitting by I like sitting by fire. Will there be <laughs> will there be hot dogs and marshmallows? Yes, to both. <laughs> Excellent. Um let's see. The other cool thing I got to do, there was uh, Kelly. Help me out. Do you remember the name of the organization that had the laser trainer and simulators set up? The name of them? No. No, no okay. but it was really cool. It was really cool. They were marketing to uh, law enforcement um, yep. agencies, that kind of stuff. And at first, I was like, why are you just marketing to law enforcement agencies? And then they started running off the cost of the equipment. And when they hit the $300,000 mark for the projector, I went, oh, yeah, okay, this has to be agency. So this was like um, a, proje- a screen projector, and we had um, CO2-powered pistols, which apparently are each worth $15,000. I don't know. Oh. That were connected it was, by... It was fun, but if you have Bluetooth on... Yeah, it messed up. If you left the Bluetooth on your phone like everybody does, it kind of <laughs> messed up the system. Yeah. But anyway, that's fine. So we got to shoot uh, screen scenarios and that kind of stuff with, with these pistols. And then I switched to... Their VR, so I put a VR headset on, and they had a Daniel Defense rifle set up with the internals removed and basically sensors on it to, to see where you're pointing. And then you're, I was actually doing some shooting with the rifle in VR, which was really, really neat. Um, it's you know just like playing a video game, except I had a real gun in my hand. The only real trick I found to it was it, it made you do reloads. Um, how many of us train doing reloads blindfolded? blindfolded. Because that's what you were doing. Because you couldn't, you could look down in VR and see the rifle, but as soon as you pulled the magazine out, it just vanished and you couldn't see it. So then, literally, you're trying to put the magazine back in the gun, really, with your eyes. You can't see what's going on. You can't see the Mm. control. It was, it was. That's so hilarious because some guy, some internet ninja recently was talking about if you don't practice reloading your pistol blindfolded, then your thing's going to fall off. Well, apparently mine fell off. Like, no. Now, th- this being said, um, from a fr- from a real world use, uh, you know, martial use kind of perspective, if you're in an engagement in the dark, I'm not sure your night vision is going to help you see your actual gun. Like you kind of do have to do that stuff. I feel. I think. 
Sometimes. It's certainly worth practicing from that perspective. I don't have very many, well, we don't shoot night matches around here very much, so um, I never have yet, but I there's, can also there's, see that. There's talk of having one at the indoor range in Nova Scotia. Yeah. Where the sunset, sunup rules don't apply. Yeah, there you, well, there you go. Now, I would think a pistol would be easier to do in the dark because you yeah. can generally bring your hands together with your eyes closed. But with a rifle, you're bringing a magazine to a point that's forward of your hand. So it's, it's worth practicing, I think, if you're yep. going to do that. So, Yeah, that's um, what I was thinking as well. I could probably do pistol. I probably couldn't do rifle very quickly. Yeah, no, it's it's. I'm sensing a whole um, Karate Kid kind of thing where I have to blind, blindfold myself and do this. Yeah. <laughs> wax on wax off so um the uh, the last really cool thing that happened at international barrels i ran into our friend ryan stacy um uh, and i got this oh yeah look at that if i run into him will he give me one of those i don't Depends know you how hard you run him. into him yeah you can ask him i wouldn't recommend mentioning that i know you that would probably not help. That's that's not good. So when I go on a tour this summer, Adriel, I'll see what I can do for you. Yeah. So I'm going to see, uh, see Ryan tomorrow, I guess, if he's oh, at the Calgary Gun Show. Yeah, he's planning to be there. He was talking about being there. So there we go. But, um, so yeah, they um, they graciously decided to sponsor me this season. So by way of a barrel. So I'm pretty excited about that. I'm hoping to get Is that the same. Is that yes. Ryan's barrel? You know what I mean it when is, I say yeah, that? Yes, it's Ryan's profile. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, I think it's probably the profile, but his is probably just a little bit better. He couldn't give you a head up, a heads up on him, right? Thanks, Kelly. <laughs> I was I was feeling really stoked about this, and now I feel slightly less stoked. Well, Kelly, yeah, a little bit of extra chatter inside the barrel there, just to yeah. just to give Kelly, himself the edge. Yes, Tiger Woods can give the second best golfer his gloves. It doesn't make him Tiger Woods. <laughs> This is true. Yeah, there's a little bit of there's there's a little di- bit of difference between me and Mr. Stacy, uh, besides the equipment. Just yeah, just a little bit. So anyway, I'm pretty stoked about that. Hopefully, I'm going to get it to the range tomorrow and uh, start uh, shooting with it and seeing how it groups and that kind of stuff. And uh, we will carry on from there. But that'll be the barrel I'm shooting uh, this season. Um, the only downside is they, as Ryan mentioned when we were on the show, when he was on the show a couple weeks ago now, they don't yet have their hone in. So this is just double lapped. It's not honed. So. Oh, throw it in the garbage. What are you even doing with that thing on your, on your gun? I know. How can you accept that as a sponsorship barrel? (laughs) (laughs) We know who you are. (laughs) We have a high gloss polish on the outside or like some bead blast garbage. Oh yeah. No, it looks very shiny. It's, it's very nice. High polish, high luster. I, yes, I would say. Blued. No. Oh no, I don't want no. It's <laughs> this is this is a piece of sporting equipment. I don't want it blued. I want it to be kind of flashy. So I even put a f- can of a fresh coat of flat dot flat black paint on my handguard so it's not gray anymore. It's, it looks like a new gun. You want your handguard coated? I do not. Because he doesn't he doesn't like the bling actually. I I, 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 I would get flat I black cerakote, that's all. I was. I would get it. I would spend money on uh, on cerakoting it if you could tell me how it would tighten the groups. Well, you spray painted the 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 handguard, right? Yes. For almost the same cost as what you paid for the can of spray paint, I could have it cerakoted and then it would last. Eh. Eh. 
yeah. it's an offer. You know, yeah. it's something I would do for a friend, but now I think be, you're being a dick. So, well, to be fair, I had the, I did have the paint for something else. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't. Just painting a chair and your gun's just sitting there. You're like, well, I guess so. Why not? Hey, look, I looked at my <laughs> shelf. I'm like, there's a can of black spray paint. Okay, let's slap this on it and we'll go from there. So, fair enough. Well, anyway, it's so. better than Adriel. Adriel sprayed it all white. I really like how Adriel's rifle looks. Yeah, and I did too. So I did that to my Remington 700, the TAC 21 chassis. Nope. Yeah, didn't quite blend. No, no, a stormtrooper themed rifle. I mean, the groups opened up, so I was like, gotta, gotta now, fix this. One of the, one of the things I was, I would like to do is maybe just put some like red splatter paint on it. You know, just no, kinda, no, no, nope. not not okay with that. Green, lime no, green. No, no, that's way too lame, zombie-ish. No. Yep, and put the M. The like monster M on there. Actually, if I could do like red and then white in the middle and then red, that would that would look pretty cool. Yeah, we c- yeah, you could do a distressed red and white like maple leaf type thing with yeah. coat. I would mm-hmm. that would yeah, I'd have to do that coated. Yeah, and it won't tighten up the group. So no, I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid doing <laughs> all that. It's gotta focus my uh, my financial energies on stuff that's important. So, um, I think that's it, Trevor. You're next. Uh, I went to St. John last weekend on Friday night to teach a level one IPSC RO class. So it's the um, the first in a series of three levels for IPSC range officers. Um, this was a uh, group of people from the Hampton Gun Club. I think they were all out of the Hampton Gun Club. Um, it was awesome, man. One of the participants uh, sponsored the course and helped fund the event, put me up in a nice king size executive suite and rented a nice boardroom at the Delta. And, uh, we had, uh, five excellent students, very well prepared and they're going to make a uh, excellent group of ROs once their mentoring period is done. Uh, one of them was nice enough to give me a, a going home present of a head cold. So thanks Lynn. If you're listening, I appreciate that. That was awesome. (laughs) While I was there, I bought two guns. I bought a GP100 from Adriel to trade with Rick for a CZ75B Omega. So it's one of the two guns left on a list of guns that I want for my collection. Like I want like all of the most popular duty guns, the SIG, the CZ, the Glock, the Beretta. Can you guys think of another one that's like really, really popular that's in all the movies that's really popular? High point, no, you're not even trying to <laughs> pretend to play along here. Got the CZ, that's very popular. The SIG, the Glock, the Beretta, and I've got a 1911. I got a 350 Magnum. I got a 44 Magnum. I'm looking to like check off that's all the big boxes. You're not being realistic or helping at all. Like, yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> okay, so how about you pretend for a second? <laughs> Ooh, it's pretty hard for me. Fine. All right, you guys are you guys suck. You're no hope at all. You probably need some kind of single action army ish thing. Well, not you know. I'm thinking the modern stuff, right? Like, oh. yeah, Glock, okay. CZ, Sig, Beretta, nineteen eleven. All right, I must have them all because you guys are my experts. Um, okay, so do you recall that on last week's show I said that um, Denis ordered a case of seven point six two by twenty five? It was supposed to be cellulae cellulae and bellet. Newly manufactured non-corrosive ammo. We double-checked it today when we opened up the box to see what it was that we, in fact, ordered. And it was. We did order Cellier and Bellet. And what they sent us was Russian surplus. 
get this. We called the distributor and I'm not going to throw their name under the bus because I don't have Denise permission and I don't want to cause any drama. But if you're listening, you know who you are. You know that your uh, price list says cellular and Bellet and you know you sent us Russian surplus. And then when he called, you know what they said? Oh, it is cellular and Bellet, but it's made for the military. It's head stamped 1946. I don't, oh, cool. I don't think they were around in 1946, and I don't think the French made military ammo for the Russians. I'm just a lot of speculation. I'm taking some leaps, but that's what I'm going with. Well, so, it was French. Yeah, I thought it was Bellet. Yes, those are both French words. Hmm. I'm assuming because the name of the company is French, they're French. Am I wrong? I thought they were like Hugo or something like that. Oh, really? Well, the name is French. Yeah. Well, my name I'll is Spanish, but Czech. I mean, it's Czech ammo. Is, is it Czech it? ammo? Yeah. Oh, ah, that's, that's interesting. Because the box, the box may actually be Czech and not Russian. Because I think I saw what's the name of the country that CZ, the C and CZ before Czechoslovakia. Was, no, before that it was a different. Uh, no, it, it was Czechoslovakia before. But just in a different language, so it doesn't look like. Whatever. Anyway, it may Sorry, well be that. The billet is Czech. And uh, yeah, they sold you some 1946 stuff. Hey, that's uh, that's minty. Yeah. That's uh, collector grade. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, I did the nail test. I took a, a nail that already had rust on it. So I knew it would rust, cleaned all the rust off, uh, put the, pulled the bullet, dumped the powder, put the case on there. And with the, with the primer flash hole on top of the head of the nail, we struck it with a nail and a hammer, and uh, we'll wait and see what happens in a couple of days. You should see some rust on it in like a day, like 24 hours to 48 hours. Okay. Well, we won't be back in the shop until Monday. So, no, no, Tuesday. Maybe Monday. I don't know. We'll see if he opens or not. So, yeah. So, um, I believe that's all I did. Yeah. So. Cool. Yep. Hey, Brian, uh, what kind of muzzle brake is on your rifle there? Um. You just go mute. Yep. Hey, Brian. There, there. I guess. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, it's just a it's a YHM comp that I had sitting around in my. Oh. Uh, so I haven't just I haven't really shot with it yet, so I don't know if it's going to be the one that stays on. Looks very uh, Battlestar Galactica. It does kind of. It's got those you know like kind of teeth on it and stuff. Yeah. Like I could, you know, accidentally impale Trevor with it. It would be. It would be like, ow! Stop that. Yeah. Stop yeah. that. Yeah. Take, take that out of my ribs. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Not that I would try to impale Trevor, because probably no. But you know, darn well, you poke me with it. <laughs> All right. Leaving that one alone. Leaving that one alone. <laughs> Thank you. Keep it classy. She said. All right. I guess that comes to me. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Shot a three gun match. That was pretty cool. We yeah. Had... Nice video. Yeah. We had the shoot off. You were lighting it up. You know. Um... Did you win the shoot off? <laughs> I should have. You know what? We'll come back to that. But I noticed a certain person, a certain listener of the show, who you beat, when they posted their scores, they just posted from their name down. It's almost like they cropped the photo. Did I see that correctly? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. did. Yeah, I did, My eh? name was not on there. Your name was not listed above that person's name because the name directly <laughs> above that person was your name. Yeah. But when they posted it, they only, hmm. Now, see, <laughs> last time I won and I posted the results, I was at the top, so I didn't have to do any Photoshop. 
<laughs> anyway. It's easier to do it. Uh, just right. get the top, and then you don't have to crop the top. Right. But just an observation. I'm glad you made the same observation. Okay, carry on. Uh, yeah, that was funny. Uh, yeah, so I shot a three-gun match. We had 47 people out. It was a, it was a busy match. That's and, mental. Uh, yes, yeah. That 47 was, uh, people for a three-gun in the wintertime. Yeah, in a mar- in a March match, like it, like the, the snow on the ground. It was snowing the day before. It was cold. It was wet. It was muddy. And uh, yeah, you guys were laying on a piece of plywood in the dirt and the mud. Yeah, yeah, that's what three guns about. <laughs> no, three guns. It is not. Uh, it is I'm not like in the dirt. Best. No. Uh, let's see here. So my shotgun uh, the weekend before was jamming on me. I chopped the recoil spring three inches, and that seems to work. I shot some Winchester stuff, and uh, didn't jam on me once. What were the uh, jams? Failure to what? Oh, feed extract. You think about that? Uh, it was short stroking. So I, I just I can't remember last week. I'm sure I talked about it on the show. No, you just said it was short stroking. That you mentioned you said it was short stroking. Mm. I, I just I. I I'm glad it's working, but I definitely, if you would have called me and said, my gun's malfunctioning, and to solve the problem, I'm going to trim one of the parts inside that is a spring that's generally required for reliability, I, I would have advised against this. But it's here a we are. recoil spring, and it's a, like a gun that's made for three and a half inch shells. Uh, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm with Three and a half inch chamber. I'm shooting two and three quarter. Yep. That yeah. makes sense. So yeah, I just figured I'm yeah. not going to shoot any like ducks or geese or whatever with no, it. No, no, so. and, and they have to build it to take that ammo or it beats itself yeah. apart. Yeah. And yeah. if all you run in, it's gamer ammo. Cool. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. Uh, pistol was all good. I did have one fail to feed, and that cost me the shoot off. <laughs> uh. So right on, on the shoot off, um, I got to my pistol. I was I punched one target. I had a fail to feed. I racked the slide because I didn't, I, I was just going He-Man fast, uh, uh, k- kind of trying to resolve it. And I gave myself a double feed. Um, I resolved it. I started shooting again, but it was over. <laughs> so, oh, well, uh, uh, my rifle jammed on me as well. Uh, that one was a little bit more spectacular of a jam. It was. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, was the, the way you cleared it. Yeah. The case locked in there pretty good. Uh, so I mortared it. Um, and if you haven't mortared a rifle before, the safe way to do it on the clock is to point the barrel down range, tap the butt of the rifle on the ground, hit the butt of the rifle on the ground, and the energy from the BCG, it wants to keep going. It will strip the round out and uh, cycle the rifle. And uh, that worked like a charm. <laughs> Got me back up and running. That cost me about 10 seconds. I measured it afterwards, and that cost me the number one overall. Mm. But I got number one in TAC Ops. There you go. Yeah, I can't. I can't complain. I, any anytime I shoot uh, a nice, consistent match, and uh, I feel like you know nothing really, really went wrong for me, uh, I'm pretty happy. Um, there were a couple of guys who, if they came out, would have taken first and second anyways, and they, they didn't come out. So uh, you know, I just count it like things can go right, things can go wrong. Most of the things went right for me, and and I was pretty happy with my performance. So you know, I'm good to go. A lot of lot of new shooters out. A lot of new shooters out. Um, all shot really safe and uh that was a good time you, you, uh, made a, you made a good observation there though if you don't show up you can't win doesn't yeah, matter if you're the best the if you're not there you didn't win so yeah and when i have a new shooter show up and they're in a category by themselves and they're like oh i won but i was by myself hey you know what you took the trouble to show up take your trophy mm. we don't give yeah. uh divisions unless there's like five of five of that Oh yeah, and neither does Ipsic at an actual sanction match, but 
Yeah. And, and if somebody is new, you say, look, dude, you're not going to win much. Take this one. <laughs> Go run with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think what we're going to do is, is run more of those skills and drills, Dave, so that the, the new guys have more trigger time and more time to practice. Um, because like just, just with our range of the, the way it is right now, um, we, we just can't have like 60, 70 people out to shoot. So, uh, we're going to do more of those, uh, skills and drills days and that should make it, uh, that's just an easy way of, of having a bunch of people out. Um, let's see. I, I sold that GP 100. <laughs> so I bought it. I shot exactly 100 rounds out of it and I sold it <laughs> out of revolvers just as quickly as I'm in. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go to the uh, Calgary gun show uh, tomorrow. So I'm going to uh, like right after the show today, I'm going to edit it. It better be quick. No edit points. No swearing. Got everyone <laughs> got it. No problem. I'm driving out Calgary tonight. I'm going to the Calgary uh, gun show tomorrow. It's like, it's the biggest gun show across the country. Um, 53rd, 54th. What this year when I was there was the 51st. <coughs> I have no idea. Well, it's been going for 55 plus years. Cool. Um, yeah, so it's been around for a while. Um, the lineup to get in is like teenagers trying to get into a Backstreet Boy concert. It's oh, you know, I'm going with a, with another guy. Uh, he's actually been on the show, David. Um, and he said, do you want to show up there at 8? I'm like, what the heck? You, it, the doors don't open until 9.30. Why do I want to show up at 8? This like, is why. Lineups is like, oh, man. 300 so people waiting to get in or more. Oh, I guess I'm going to wake up really early so I can go to a damn yep. gun show at eight o'clock and wait in a line for an hour and a half. Okay. It, Anyways, was, four, do that. it was four hours for TACCOM. Ugh. Ugh. I hate lines. I hate lines with all my heart. Yeah. I'm not even going there to buy guns. I'm going there for you guys. I'm going there to Aww. interview people. I'm, I got a, a digital recorder. I got, look at this, look at this professional stuff here. I got a microphone. <sighs> I'm going to record people and do show stuff. And it's going to be ready to rock and roll. Maybe it'll go to on Patreon. Maybe it'll go on our next show. I don't know. I'm going to get some footage and we're going to use it or nice. not. I footage. Footage with a microphone. boy. Uh, audio recording. Footage. Footage. Do you have yeah. a selfie stick? I do have a selfie Take stick. Take it. <laughs> record. We had people walking around TACCOM with a selfie stick and recording themselves. It was awesome. Oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be that guy. No. <laughs> I'll have someone else use my phone. And if there's a finger in the phone in the, in the video, whatever. <laughs> I'm not it's using too, a selfie stick. It's too bad that we never got you a show shirt because if you wore your show shirt, people would recognize you. Well, you got to recognize you anyway. Skin tight. So, I think, I think yeah. they'd recognize it. Well, he wore the poop brown one. No. The what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The new one. Uh, no, that's um <laughs> so for Patreonies, the new t-shirt, they they finally sent me the mock-ups or the, the design uh printed, and I don't like it. It's not good. So Horrible. we're gonna have them go back to the drawing board. Uh so at the Calgary Gun Show, I intend on taking a look at the Wolverine 180 because I got one of those on pre-order and I want to see what it's like. Uh, I want to see the new I run guns 180. They're making one with REG, RG, something like that. They've got a, a 180 that they're making as well. I want to take a look at that. I want to interview both of those companies if I can. Um, I also want to see the FX nine that Wolverine has. Uh, that's got non-restricted FRT that they're taking uh, pre-orders on. Cause uh, that looks kind of cool. 
Um, I if if you're listening to this tonight, which is Thursday, March 29th, I'll be there Friday morning. I'll probably stick around the CCFR booth for a little bit and go talk to Ryan at International Barrels. A lot of these guys, I have like I've talked to him over the phone. I've talked to him over Slamfire Radio. I've uh, emailed them with the hunting gear guy and I've never met them in person. So I think that what's going to happen is a lot of people are going to say, hey, Adriel, and I'm going to have no idea who they are. <laughs> that's, yeah, I yeah. Think that's going to happen. That's as long as you can say, don't you know who I am and buy me a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I demand subs. People. <laughs> and people will probably think you're taller than they realize. Yeah. 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 I, I was amazed. That. <laughs> yeah. He's much taller in real life than he looks on, on video. Like, yeah. Uh, let's see. I got a CGN response on my Nork pistol that I, I want to read. <laughs> yes, you did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Make sure, Adriel, you first read the listeners the ad, please. Oh, I got to find it then. I've, I've read it on air before, haven't I? It's okay. Rough it out. Okay, I'll rough it out. Um, I am really overblowing the the value <laughs> of this Nork. I'd say. Yeah, when well, you list a, me as the builder, you've gone too far. Yeah, I, I, I listed it as a bespoke 1911 worked on by artisan uh, Trevor for a lot. Uh, it's a work of art, blah, blah, blah. And I, I put it on CGN for $1,500, which is a little bit more than what it's worth. But uh, uh, let's uh, <laughs> just a little times. bit. Yeah. On CGN, typically people like, you know, they want to negotiate. So you got to give them, you gotta give them a, high, a high price to start with. Uh, so I got a response from it. Uh, someone says, you know what you have and what is spelled what? And he says, uh, I'll, I'll leave the, the name out. But uh, all you have is a slightly polished Norinco turd. $1,500? Get real. How do I know? I have one too. Change the grips. Magwell, trigger got blah, blah, blah. I did the same. But I'm not hallucinating that I also have nothing more than a slightly polished Norinco turd. Don't be insulting. And here's my response. How dare you? This fine firearm is a work of erotic art. She is the queen of the safe, but deserves better. Like to be in one of those highfalutin museums where they have really fancy historical guns. I guess she'll have to go to another owner with better taste than you. The best part about trolling someone is when they're too stupid to know they're being trolled. Oh, that, there's a 50-50 on this one. Like I'm, I'm saying some real weird stuff in here, so they might pick up on it, or they might get really pissed off. And if they do, I love it so much. Exactly. <laughs> Your hate sustains me. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that just oh, fills the tank. You should just get back to him and say, did Artisan Trevor Furlot work on yours? I don't think so. You don't Ugh. have what I have. Not worth it. Yeah. Uh, if he comes back, I don't know. You got to... Keep it going as long as you can until he blocks you. <laughs> oh, that'd be funny. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that you're uh, $1,500 too. What's that? Sorry. Tell him that if he wants, you know, people who can make his gun worth $1,500 as well. Yeah. If he wants that he value. selling himself short. That resale value. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I've been working on is a, is a couple of LED panels for uh, video and to make my video better well lit. And I think I miscalculated the power a little bit. This is daylight coming in and out of my window right here. Like the sun is right there. So it's uh, it's pretty strong. Uh, here's here's my panel at, uh, I can only get it up to 10% power so far because I don't have the, the correct size amplifier. But uh, you listeners will just have to imagine. Uh, that's, oh my God. that's the power off of it. <laughs> That's ten percent. Can you wear a hat when you do that, please? <laughs> oh my I think god! I'm gonna get a tan. It's, it's gonna be good for a tan. You're gonna get cancer is what you're gonna get. 
You okay, like FPS thirty. If you're if you're putting an amp on your lights, that's a problem. Amps are for stereo. That's not, yeah. No, that's Ooh, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm convinced that Adriel is, is actually a supervillain. That's this, this just strikes me as supervillainish kind of stuff. When, the what's the for Lex Luthor? Yeah, yeah. what room? <laughs> Lex Luthor. There we go. I got a better beard than Lex Luthor. Yeah. Uh, gonna, oh, no, no, he's the guy with the minions. Goatee or a real beard? Lex Luthor? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, Lex does Lex Luthor, Luthor have a, a, a goatee or a real beard? No, Neither. he's totally bald. Oh, yeah. there we go. No, I'm telling you, like he's going to take that light panel outside and start killing birds as they fly by. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, a, it's like a Tim Allen thing. As soon as it's like, oh, you know what? More light is better. It's like, okay, I, I know how to, take this, <laughs> how to take this to his logical conclusion. What? <laughs> Video like a professional video, it's the lights like 50 watts. Oh, let me make a couple that are 700 each. Yeah, so now I can do a video and get a tan. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, you might want to put on some SPF in front of that man. Video <laughs> studio <laughs> slash tanning salon, shame me show. Uh, should be sweet. I, I, I turned it on when it was on the floor, and my cat laid down next to it because, like, it was it was warm, it was, like, light coming out of the window. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, that's nice and warm. <laughs> this and this is LED that generates no heat, so he's, yeah. he's generating light. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, imagine all of the power. Seeing out, oh, right? He's doing the whole thing on four watts. It's LED. It's no problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's yeah. not like um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation when they finally <laughs> get the lights to work and the nuclear power plant trips the breaker. <laughs> Yeah, very reasonably trip only one or two breakers. Anyways, that's what I'm that's what I'm up to. Kelly, how about you? So last weekend it was TACCOM 24-7. I went on Saturday or sorry, I went on Friday. Went up on Friday with uh, Kelly Kincaid. So Kelly Squared went uh from Kingston. We Kelly had, Squared. That's yeah. Cute. We're referred to as Kelly Squared because we actually finish each other's sentences. Everybody right. gets us mixed up. We're both from Kingston. We're both Kelly. Like so, Mo, and, yeah. yeah. Mo well, I would have thought she would have introduced herself to me instead of me having to tell you to introduce me because you yeah. were rude. I was being rude, wasn't I? Yeah. But hey, her, it's Kelly Squared. So you got already introduced to Kelly. So it's redundant. It's like double mint. It's double your pleasure. <laughs> Okay, we're moving on. All right. <laughs> I have a question, Kelly. Yes. Tacon, is this a new thing? Because I don't think I ever heard of it. Yeah. So the um, uh, Firearms Outlet Canada, they have a new store. So they were putting together something and uh, they have a new indoor shooting range as well that's just about to get finished. So they that's where Tacon was. Um, Good venue. It was right through the store. Store is beautiful, by the way. They got uh, nice floors, nice washrooms, by the way, too. Uh, but they were they were uh, having all their uh, they were having all their suppliers come in and just feature all their firearms and different things like that. And it they put it together, and it was um, they put it together, and they were figuring they'd get about three hundred people. Yeah, well, they sold three, or sorry, they sold 6,000 tickets. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this so, is for the public just to come in. Yeah, this yeah. is just for the public just to come oh in. Oh my God, we keep saying we need our own shot show. Right. And look at what, yeah, and this is the first year 6,000. 
Anyways, well, we, yeah, and wait for it. Yep. Yeah, we were talking to Fred afterwards. We were giving him some great ideas. Uh, I did want to say thank you to Airhead Coffee, by the way, for supplying me with coffee through the weekend. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so there were supposed to be 300 people, but there was 6,000 tickets sold. Um, most of those people went through on Saturday, by the way. Um, they didn't start counting about until about halfway through uh, uh, Saturday. So there was just, there was so many people there, but before we get on Saturday, let's go back to Friday, Friday night, we had gunny uh, night at the pub. Uh, I was in charge of gunny night and I said, well, there'll be about 20. It was right across the street from TACCOM. Uh, there'll be about 20 of us there. 55 people later, the place was rocking. Rod was there. Um, and it was, it was a, it was a really good night. I did want to say thank you to Angela and Gavin. They showed up uh, and they were helping Kelly Kincaid, Kelly squared, um, keep a secret. Uh, they gave me a birthday cake and everybody sang me happy birthday. So it was awesome. And we also, played, what were there candles on the cake? There were candles on the cake. How many? Two. One that, that oh. said one and one. Said <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the candles were digits. Like this first candle was one digit and the other candle was the other digit? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's good. Anyways. <laughs> so, Which yeah, digits? I blew those out and took them off the cake right away. <laughs> <laughs> and Thomas Stika, I just wanted to say thank you. He brought me birthday beers. So, which nice. was awesome. Yeah, it was he. Every time he comes to an event, he brings me something. Last time it was pies. This time it was beers. And so it was good. He's one of my favorite people. Um, yeah. So we also played a game. It was called uh, Tracy and Kelly Squared. They had to know the difference. We gave them twenty questions. It was awesome. So we gave away swag. Uh, CCFR we do swag. that at the charity shoot. It was awesome. It really, really was. So we gave away T-shirts, we gave away hats, we gave away – I gave away one of my last calendars. And also Dan Demers was there. And he mm. gave us – oh, he gave us – Go Nanook cases. These Nanook cases. Uh, he, gave us, he gave us a bunch of those to give away on Saturday and Sunday to people who signed up at the CCFR booth, booth for memberships. Nice. But – we had a bunch of them for um, for prizes and giveaways at the um, uh, the pub night too, so it was awesome. And they come in three sizes, by the way. This one is uh, this one's a small one. Uh, it's great. You can put your you can put your phone in it. You can put a so. Anyways, check them out. Great, great for canoeing if you want to keep your electronics yeah. dry and above water. They float. First aid kit, blowout kit. So if you are not watching this, uh, go and you're hearing it, go to Nanook and Nano and you'll be able to see it. Um, we ran out of, so let's go to Saturday. No, let's go back to, to, to Friday. After the pub night, we went back to the um, the hotel. We were all staying at the same hotel. And uh, yeah, the, we stayed up until about three o'clock in the morning drinking those birthday beers out in the lobby. Um, it was fun. Uh but we did have to get up and, and go to um, TACCOM. We were there bright and early. We were able to go in and see everything before the massive hordes of people came. There was so many people that it was lined up six times around the building. Oh, the hour was, it was four hours to get in. They had, Fred did an amazing, the first time he ever did it, but he did an amazing job. He, um, they 
had uh, food trucks outside. They had a tent outside. Uh, the tent had other vendors in it, and people would go through the tent first, and then they'd go into the main venue. So out in the main tent, you had um, you had Ragnarok Tactical. So you had uh, Gavin and uh, Angela. Uh, Angela actually ended up setting up another um CCFR booth out there with uh, Gunning Girl Calendar signing things and that too. You had the NFA out there. You had um, a whole bunch of different people out there. It was really, really well done. They were letting people in. At one point, they didn't. They actually had to stop letting people in. Uh, they'd let fifty people in at a time, and they'd uh, let people come out. Uh, there was only four porta potties, though, so that was one of the downsides. No. I thought you <laughs> just said the bathrooms were nice. Oh, oh yeah. Those of us that were vendors, we got to use the bathrooms that were staff bathrooms. Oh. Yeah, they even had seminars. They had uh, a huge classroom. Uh, people could go in and take seminars and listen to people talk. Uh, they had the media there. It was uh, it was pretty freaking awesome. They were giving away things like you wouldn't believe barbecues, uh, washing machines, dryers. They were giving away mm. guns, all kinds of different things. So people were signing up for it too. Um as I said, Saturday, super, 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 super busy. Uh, these things, we ran out of them within the first hour and a half. Those are uh, what now? For those who can't see? Oh, sorry. The nanos. Nanook nanos. Hey, Tracy. Uh, we ran out Hi, of guys. them. Uh, within the fr- I'm just talking about TACCOM. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out how to work headphones. Hi. So we ran out of those. So Dan was fabulous and gave us some more um and then we ran out of those as well and uh, yeah by the time it was 3 30 i was able to go pee i hadn't all day or had anything to eat i ate at six o'clock on the way home now kelly and i were in the car and we looked at each other and said that was crazy it was just stupid crazy so we weren't supposed to come back on the sunday but um we sent a message to um Gord Lamaru and said, Hey, uh, so we're driving here. We're driving, but uh, if we can make it work, uh, what about going back tomorrow? Do you want us back? And he said, Yes, please. So we got in the car on Sunday morning at seven o'clock with lots of coffee and we drove and we drove back to TACOM and we spent the day there as well. Now, I got, because I went back on a Sunday, I got to meet Benny and I got to meet uh, up with Brian and he gave me a hug too. And uh, I got to meet a whole bunch of different people. Like I got to meet Nicholas from Gunblog um, and well, pretty much um, got to meet every, it was a little bit more low key, um, but we're still super busy. So it was a really, really good week for the CCFR because of the fact that we had so many joining us the booth was super busy but super small too um we got to get to know each other quite intimately because we were squished against each other um but uh, I'm in next <laughs> and um yeah and the only other thing i did this week was on wednesday night we had our first instructors meeting for the maple seed instructors but other than that uh yeah that's about it kelly yeah. um yeah. so the show is it is it like Shot Show? Where, oh, it's obviously Ooh. not like Shot Show because it's yeah, open yeah. public. Yep. So is it? Can you purchase things here, or is it more okay. like? All right. So this year he so anybody who actually so there was Nurse Silva, there was uh, oh Cool Canada, Cool Canada was there. They were pretty awesome. Um, the distributors so, and manufacturers. Yep. So they were all there. Uh, most of them you couldn't buy 
Um, <clears throat> you, you couldn't buy the firearms. So what was happening is they'd come in and do the show. Then they'd go into the store. By the st- way, the store, it looked like it was pillaged. Uh, there was <laughs> no guns left. There was no supply. There it And, and yeah, um, they had the most fabulous weekend there. Uh now, some of us, like, for example, us, the CCFR, we were selling things. Like, yeah, we were selling, yeah. obviously, yeah. memberships. But we were also – we sold – by the way, we sold out of all the T-shirts, the hats, the everything that we brought. We were sold out of them, too. Um, Fantastic. Uh, yeah, it was a freaking fab- – like, Ragnarok, they were literally the first <laughs> table – yeah, they were literally the first table that you came to, and uh, people were just saying, "Take my money, take my money." It was awesome. Now, when I was talking to, when I was talking um, to Fred afterwards, he said that um, during no, uh, the sorry, tri- maybe you said this. If you did, I apologize. Fred is the owner of, uh, uh, of Firearms Outlet Canada. Okay, and Firearms so, Outlet organized tackle. Right. Right. So, uh, Fred Pellegrino. So, he was at the Toronto Sportsman Show, he was saying, and uh, that's where it's going to be next year. They were already actually, I said, it's kind of like having a baby, right? It's painful. Hold on. Uh, Tracy, tell Summer not to do the dishes right now. (laughs) Oh, it's Colin, actually. Why can you hear it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mute the mic. Oh, how do I? Tell him he's on the screen. There's a little icon on the screen. Boom, she's muted. Let's keep going. There we go. Adriel done did it. All right. Thank you, Adriel. So So many men wish they had your power right now, Adriel. (laughs) (laughs) He actually made Tracy Wilson shut up. Nice. (laughs) She can hear us, though. (laughs) Look at those lips going. A lot of profanity. You're a dead man, Bolivar. Again. It's not the first time that there's been violence done to my person based on what I said to Tracy. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, Kelly. Please continue. Are you good? All right. So next year, it's going to be at the International Center. So where the Toronto Sportsman Show uh, was, uh, they're going to have it there. And uh, I don't know. Fred was saying that he's planning on not just making it a uh, firearms owner, a firearms you know, FOC um, show, he's going to invite other retailers. So it's going to be a, a true tactical conference, basically. Um, it's going to be SHOT Show for Canada. That's nice. what we're predicting. And uh, so I said to I gave him a few hints, different things like that. I said, well, that's awesome. You should really do that. I said, but have an exclusive night on Friday night at your store. I said, and he's, his eyes lit up and he went, oh, and uh, so, yeah. So basically it's going to be at the International Center. They're going to be able to accommodate a lot more people. Not only that, if it's there, what it ends SHOT Show-esque. So if you have Cold Canada, you have Daniel Defense and all that too. You can have it, uh, you can have the uh, D&D and uh, RCMP and everybody come too, right? And um, that way they don't have well, they to go. Be there. Well, they should. They're the only ones allowed to have guns. Well, let me talk to you about that in just a second. Okay, so <laughs> they can come to that. It's going to be easier for them to come to Canada. Obviously, they're in Canada. They don't have to go down south. So um, it will open up things. A lot more vendors will go. It's going to be awesome. So, yeah. So the guy, so we had cops there. We had um, cops that were assigned to it. Uh, they were walking around, and one of them came over to us and said his pal was expired. <laughs> 
So we offered to sell him some um, some defense insurance. <laughs> In case you get arrested by one of your buddies. <laughs> it was awesome, but he did come over. He says, I need your help. So we're going, here, let us help you. CCFR is there for you. So it was awesome. I just thought it was hilariously funny. I said, sell Very him, much some, so. sell him yeah. some uh, defense fund insurance. Anyways, that was me. I will say that Firearms Outlet is one of the nicer firearms stores that I've ever been in. It's a really classy, professional joint. They they do things well. So. Yeah. And yet they let you in. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not like they sponsor me. Like, they're not as good as LWDAPs, but they're really, really good. Mm-hmm. I like them a lot. And it, this was a really well done event. I was really impressed with it. And um, I hope it makes the transition to the International Center like they talked about. And if it's if Fred puts in the level of effort that I sh- that he showed me at this event, it will come off as being really, really well done. So yep. we need to start having um, invitation only parties like the Glock party and the SIG party and all that stuff and um, the CCFR, CCFR party. party. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm thinking also the Slam Fire party. Yep. Which very quickly would get off the hinges and we'd have the reputation of being the one where you know somebody was on a pole adriel whatever you know on honestly slam, slam fire is more the kitchen party kind of scale so maybe not that i haven't on? been to numerous parties because, in Trevor's kitchen so. right just because we have <laughs> parties in my kitchen at charity events doesn't we're way bigger than my kitchen dude we have a beer uh-huh. never mind i almost <laughs> I almost have been a beer sponsor this year. <laughs> anyway, we're out. All okay. Right. Upcoming events. Uh, you guys didn't need to talk about any of these? No. All right. Let's keep going then. Uh, well, hold on. Now, we would like to talk about the um, pistol class. For Lachie? That one? For Lachie. Yep. So Matthew was on last week, and everything went according to plan. People have stepped up. People have signed up. That being said... There's still room in both classes. So the class will be held um, handgun fundamentals on July 14th, beyond fundamentals on July 15th. Looking at the Edmonton area, waiting. We've got two ranges in mind right now. We will announce very, very shortly which range it's going to be at. Um, so it's a go. And Matthew's flight is booked. We're definitely doing this. Unfortunately, Adriel, that means you and I miss Prairie Fire. But fortunately, we get to put on an awesome, another awesome two-day class. So um, it's definitely a go. If you were on the fence wondering if it would happen, uh, get off the fence. We still have room for you on both days. If you have any questions, you can get them answered by emailing slamfireradio at gmail.com. Okay, I have a question. You yeah. just said Matthew was on last week. You told me there was no show last week, and that's why I didn't even know him. I didn't say he was on this show. I just said he was on in, like, the royal sense. Oh, like the, like the Royal We, he was he was like on somewhere on the net talking about our class. You're awfully defensive, I find. Brian, didn't you listen to the show? <laughs> what there show? Like, no, oh, hey, show. wait, no. no, no. Trevor said there was no show last week. He said, oh. Brian, we're not doing a show this week. You don't need to come on. That's yeah. I got that. He, I got a voxer from him early in the morning. It, it seemed really important that he tell me that early last week. I said something like him. Andrew Craig once said to me, your services are no longer needed. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's completely possible that I thought of Mr. Craig when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hmm. 
I'm seeing how it works now. It's like I'm a temporary fill-in for somebody. Is that You're how very that much a temp. You were sent over by an agency even. Wow. Not highly recommended either, by the way. Yeah, again, you were looking for someone qualified, but they weren't available. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. All right. Welcome to the show, Tracy Wilson. Welcome, Tracy. Hi, Adriel. How are you again. today? Again. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, well, was good. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit more about, uh, this, uh, this C71 thing that's, uh, that's been coming up. Okay. So C71, I mean, we've, they've sort of been playing with us about this legislation for months and months, right? They had promised in the fall, they'd have something out by Christmas. It came late, but what I do want to say is that their timing is a little bit funny because right on the heels of probably the one time I've really congratulated the liberals on something they did with guns. Uh, was the summit, the summit on gun and gang violence. So I attended that on invitation from the minister. And I got to tell you, it was a great conversation. 300 experts from across the country, all working on issues to help combat um, gang violence, which is uh, plaguing our nation, right? And I thought it was a really positive um, event, a conversation that's actually been needed since long before they were in power. So right on the heels of that, comes this new legislation and it's a little disappointing um you know the the minister admits that there is a rising gang related violence problem in canada and yet if you do a word search on this legislation gang and organized crime doesn't appear once in the entire thing so it's sort of funny that they spend i don't know how much of taxpayer dollars to bring all these people together nice fancy lunch a great big venue you know, it was a it was a to do. They spend all this money to define what the problem is and then turn around and legislate more stuff on on the, the one group that isn't breaking laws. Seems like so, they had some legislation in mind anyways, and they just didn't care about what the what the research or the data said. That's exactly right. So the, just to be clear, there's nothing in this bill that is aimed at criminals whatsoever. It's completely targeted at law abiding gun owners. Um, there's, uh, the CCFR has a, a few main concerns with the bill, um, verification of license. So this is something I, I get it, you know, on our pal, you've got the expiry date and you've got your picture on it. So you can say, yeah, okay, that's Tracy Wilson and her pal is good until whatever date in 2021. If something has happened since I've received that PAL between then and now, it doesn't show. And if if you've had your PAL revoked or suspended for committing a crime, they don't come to your door, bang it down and take your card, right? So I get it. There is a little bit of, is, is it a problem? I don't know. I don't know if there's any data on whether or not that's a problem. Um, but I, well, they don't, I see they don't that revoke very many PALs per year, right? No, they don't. <clears throat> they don't. Um, but if your pal is suspended temporarily or revoked, there's no way of knowing that just by looking at the plastic card. So, you know, Tracy, we had talked about it. Yeah. Question. Yeah. When the registry came down, yes, there was some kind of announcement about verifying uh, an, um, a buyer's license before handing over a non-registered, non-restricted firearm. Was that actually legislation or they did, did they just scare us and say, if you don't do your due diligence and ensure that license is not expired or revoked and they use the gun in a crime and it's traced back to you, you'll be held responsible. How much of that was just um, 
fear mongering and how much of it was like, yes, you're legally required to verify a buyer's pal. So it was never actually implemented into legislation. It was done okay. voluntarily. And to yeah. be honest, as far as retail purchases go, you, a lot of the big retailers have been doing it voluntarily. Right. You know, yeah, I'm just talking calling about in. you and I between each other. You, between you and I, there was, there's never been anything. So this. Okay. So we just know. did it to be smart because I always, if, some, if I sold a gun on CGN, I verified the pal. Right. And some people did. Some people didn't. Right. Okay. Um, so I just wanted so to see I, it and that was it. Yeah, I see that there is not a loophole, but there is a, you know, it's a little bit of a tricky part. And <clears throat> originally public safety had talked to me about creating um, an online portal, which apparently they're still doing where, you know, if you're at a Sunday afternoon gun show or, you know, it's late at night on a, a Saturday night and you're selling a shotgun to a friend, you know, you want to be able to go online, simply enter their PAL number and, you know, get a green light or a red light. It should be that simple, Right. So I, I actually don't really oppose any of that. What I do oppose and what the CCFR opposes is the fact that not only do you have to do that, but now you have those two items where you're connecting um, the validity of their PAL is now joined together with a permission. You're going to re be required a permission by the CFO. Now they're saying, well, there would be no reason for the CFO not to grant permission which would then accompany a, reg a reference number, but that's not in legislation. Who's, who's in control of that? The CFOs are individually in control of that. So we've got, we've got a spot there where we could see some big problems, right? Um, if you're, well, it's a pain in the butt too. I mean, like your <coughs> online portal that you're mentioning there. Yeah. The PAL numbers there, there there's a number on there. If I'm going to sell a gun to Trevor, I should be able to say, go to that website, punch in his numbers. Yep. Trevor's legit. Boom. Sell him the gun. I'm good to go. Right. Right. And the, what they're saying by requiring that in legislation is that they don't trust us to actually do our due diligence and do that. We now have to prove it by including that whole permission level with a reference number for that transaction. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I, I sort of feel like they've solved a problem that didn't really exist. You know well, what yeah. I mean? Absolutely. Just like and the yeah. going back to the paper ATT, when we lost the paper, when they made the paper an automatic condition of our license, the legislation didn't change. You were still required to go by the most direct route possible. But of course, the way they spin it, the way they tell it is all of a sudden, they made it sound like C-42, the Harper government made it so that, and they actually said this, this was a tweet or a, a news press release that said Canadians can now transport their assault weapons freely. Right. And I brought that up today. I actually had an interesting call from my, my own MP and he brought on his special surprise guest, um, Parliamentary Secretary to Ralph Goodale, Mark Holland. So that was exciting. But I had that conversation with him uh, today. And I said, we, you know, <clears throat> you guys are painting a picture of us, you know, running around in the parking lot at Walmart with our handguns or, you know, uh, sitting around in schoolyards with our AR-15s. And that simply isn't true. It's disingenuous. And yes, it is. Right. And, you know, we were only permitted to go to a certain amount of places with, you know, reasonably yeah. direct routes and, and, and blah, blah, blah. The magical piece of paper didn't change that. All we did when well, we got rid of the piece of paper, it was save taxpayers millions of dollars in paperwork. That's right. And and here's the thing, you know, with <clears throat> with having a piece of paper, anybody with a computer, a printer and a Word document program can make a piece of paper. However, having it attached to your license, it's then electronically verifiable for law enforcement. 
you know, they can they can compare it to CPIC and electronically verify it, well, and it. it's we've in real a, time. We've, so, got a mag, we've got a magnetic strip on our license, and I always knew that someday that magnetic strip would be there for a reason, mm-hmm. but they've never actually used it. They've never said, no. oh, let me have your license. I'm going to go to the card. I'm going to I'm going to go back to my police cruiser, swipe it, and I'll come back, and I'll know if your ATT is valid or not. Right. Never well, happened. exactly. And to me, that's that's a far more thorough process. It's instant. You know, it's reliable for law enforcement. You know, yep. now you to, to, to go back to paper, I just, I, I don't know. It's pretty archaic. So it's, I'm Yeah, so I was going to say it's draconian. Confused. And you know, here's the thing. Um, a, um, a police department or a police services department was one of the places you could previously take your firearm. So now you need a short-term ATT to go to the police department to turn it in for destruction. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just well, think it's honestly the police get really nervous when they just have random citizens show up with the guns on their desk. Um, like there's been a series of buybacks advertised here in Ontario, and they've mm-hmm. all said, "Call us. We'll come get your guns. Don't come into the station with your guns." They do not want a bunch of people coming in with guns. They they don't like that for some reason. Well, I well, and maybe I get that if you're going to go in there and be brandishing it or something. But you know, well, but some people are us, stupid and they don't know they're stupid. stupid. Yeah, and they would walk in with it uncased, <clears throat> and they right. would muzzle it around. But yeah, so we're we're basically returning to the paper ATT for the majority of places. Yeah, you'll still be able to go back and forth to the range, but you know, you got to go to the gunsmith. You're going to have to really prepare. You know, maybe. You know, may wait weeks and weeks. Like uh, it's just, it's silly because again, it's solving a problem that doesn't actually exist. Right. And they, and, and they lied to the members because I met with my MP um, right after the first reading, and he ran from the floor to his office and skyped us. We were at his office in Hamilton, and when we talked about calling in for an ATT, he said, "No, no, the, but the the NDP." prove that it only takes three minutes we were right there on the floor and they called and they were on hold for no more than three minutes i said yeah but it's not about a phone call you're saying you want us to have the piece of paper well they're not sending us the piece of paper instantaneously through a fax machine (laughs) or oh that's super cute that he thought that yeah oh oh, that's special (laughs) um so yeah like i said uh rod and i talked about it a lot and we're you know, I, I get it about verifying. And an online portal is a really easy way to do that. Basically, by requiring this whole weird process, they're saying they don't trust us. Same with the ATT. We don't, you've gone through the training, you get the daily background checks. You know, we trust you with this handgun. We just don't trust you enough to drive to your gunsmith. So all in the name of safety, right? Um, there's a an, another little problem too. And that's uh, the... Expanded background checks, right? The enhanced background checks, which is basically self-reporting. So first of all, you know, I sort of call foul on that because it's still questions on your application that you are voluntarily answering. So it's not actually enhanced background checks. It's enhanced self-reporting. So it'll depend on how honest you are in your answers. But over and above that, it's sort of, Uh, Like this provision represents a privacy concern as well as a discriminatory risk. So we all know what we did 20, 25 years ago doesn't necessarily mean we're that same person now. Absolutely. Maybe you got counseling for something that happened in your childhood because you were starting to 
hacked out and you saw a counselor and now it's fixed. Right. Well, I, I, I smacked somebody at a high school once and I went to see a counselor about it and I have to admit that. And well, you, should I know, asked, you, you shouldn't know. be smacking people at your high school, uh, Trevor. I smacked a lot of people at my high school, Adriel. <laughs> I'm quite positive not. we all slap people in high school. Don't but, make this yeah. about me, Adriel. Don't you work at a high school right now? Oh, yeah. It's been years since I hit anybody in high school. Oh, I see. Well, even things like, like we've all three, had. Three, four. We've all had those relationships that went off the rails, right? What if you dated somebody for six man, months? You know, everything went off the rails. It didn't go well. She calls the cops on you. You know, there's a big drama. Anyways, you get rid of her 20 years later. Now this is going to be on your record. And I asked Mark Holland tonight, is this, <clears throat> does this new enhancement apply to just new applications or is this also for renewals? And this is for renewals. So when you, when you go to renew your, your pal and your R pal, you guys, you now have to report on your entire life history. Hmm. I think that might be a little discriminatory. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, um, Rod said it best. You know, if you got to move from five years to 10 years, if you can mm. stay out of trouble and have no mental health issues for 10 years at a time, you're good. You're probably good. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I, going to lifetime play, is invasive. Can I play devil's advocate for a second, though? If, I if you, you too. Okay. If, <laughs> if you have if you've applied... Uh, that's my role. I, I'm a ruiner. That's what Trevor says. Um, if you've applied for a firearms license and you've been truthful about things that have happened in your past, when you go to renew, you didn't suddenly go back in time and commit acts that, back in time that were a, a problem. You still would have a clean record, would you not? Right, it's not like they're suddenly going to dig back deeper in time. They may use that against you, Brian, and say, well, 100%. You did this a long time ago, and it hasn't creeped up yet, but it might, and we didn't know about it. Now we do, so we're going to disallow you. Okay, but wouldn't you have already disclosed that when you first made an application? No, because you didn't have to no. go back that far. That's the oh, point. Okay, now okay that's fair. Life. Okay, all right, that's fair. Okay, thank you. I appreciate you, Claire. See, this is why I like to advocate for the devil, so I can learn things. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Advocating for the devil. Okay. Never heard it that um, way. He made it sense. <laughs> Good. I made it sound legit, didn't I? Yeah. You did. It did. did. Sound again. <laughs> yeah. Carry on, Tracy. And then, uh, okay, the big one, the big one is the RCMP um, classifying firearms. So it's always been this way. They're currently doing it this way. I, I'm not really understanding the need for change. So the process is already done that way. However, it's done under the oversight of elected officials. And this ensures, should there be a mistake or an improper action, that there's some form of recourse or a mechanism for correction. So I, this is literally a direct assault on Stephen Blaney. That's what, that's what this measure is. And they're going to, um, Ralph Goodale doesn't need legislation to ensure that he continues to let RCMP make things legal or not legal. It's not for during Ralph's tenure. It's for if they don't win in 2019. That, that we're stuck with that system, right? It's a legacy piece. So, um, yeah, I mean, it just sort of goes against democracy. I'm not, I, I, I'm not even that, I'm not objecting to RCMP Firearms Lab putting forth recommendations. They are apparently experts. However, I still think you've got to have some sort of um, elected official right. overseeing these things, right? Because Otherwise, no. you're letting the inmates run the asylum. Well, you know? okay, that's a bit harsh, but maybe how about well, this? We're letting the law enforcers become the lawmakers. Right. 
and that's they are called dictatorship. Not making laws. I'm like, <laughs> yes. well, they are making things legal or not legal. Yeah. My, when, you know, my yeah. my banana megs. Sorry, guys. I know you hate that. Oh, my you call, no, you didn't call it a banana clip. That's oh, the one we hate. Oh, nope. shoot. I should have said it like that because that would have made you cringe. Yes. But those are now prohibited devices like a landmine, right? Like, come on. So, yeah, that's to me, that's uh, this is a huge red flag. And this shouldn't doesn't just affect gun owners. This should affect anybody that cherishes democracy, that respects the um, the position of elected officials. They're your voice. We can't vote out the RCMP. But we absolutely can take action against um, elected officials who overstep. So now it's sort of a carte blanche, right? Well, yeah, it's a little concerning. The, the definition of a police state is a state where the police make the laws. So that's essentially what they're, they're codifying. Is they want right. to make Canada a police state in terms of firearms. They're also, it's also a, a ploy by the liberals to be able to say, oh, look, it's out of our hands. You don't like what the RCMP did? There's nothing we can do about it. They'll yeah. the rules. So don't get mad at me. I didn't do it. Not my fault. And hey, if your if your private sale to your buddy for your shotgun wasn't approved and you didn't get your reference number, it was the CFO. It's out of my hands. Yeah. Oh, you didn't get your short-term ATT to take your gun to the gunsmith? Out of my hands. Oh, your your gun you've owned for 30 years without problem and millions of Canadians own them? Now it's illegal. Oh, not my problem. Out of my hands. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's a reoccurring problem where there's no accountability um, in the, with this government. So, and the the other key thing is without the without Parliament, Canadian citizens have no voice Correct. against any of these decisions. That That's right. The voice. The, the the theoretically, the politicians are supposed to listen to the constituents. Listen to the citizens and then decide what needs to be done and tell the RCMP, the bureaucracy, how to in, how to act in order to move forward. And you're 100 you, percent right. You're pulling that out. The, the yeah. next thing, the next thing that the, the RCMP should be the ju judiciary. They should be the ones behind the bench at a trial. They, they may as well. May as well. Next. And what here's the, the thing is the RCMP were in charge of classifications, even under a conservative government. But they had some over, over, oversight yeah. there, right? And it's the and ability that, to, call, to come back and say, whoa, wait a minute. Right. Slow down. What's going on here? <clears throat> so removing that, <clears throat> removing that is, is an unnecessary step because that responsibility has already been given to the RCMP by both governments. However, the Liberals want to make sure to leave that as a legacy that never again can somebody do what Steve Blaney did on the way out the door, now, which was that, res rescue 13,000 gun owners. Now, that being said, the another politician, another government can change this law. It's it could. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it would probably require a majority government to overturn it. So, yeah. Wouldn't it be great to have a majority government in 2019 that would turn this over? Well, the, not the, even. There's turn only it over, one way like, to fix that is vote. Yeah. yeah. The, the, and the, I don't think the way to fix it is to go back and forth on whether the RCMP or elected officials have the rule, have the, the right to rule on this. I think the way to fix it is to put like a common sense way of classifying these things. If they're sharp barreled, their pistols are restricted. If they're long barreled, they're non-restricted. And if they're full auto, they're prohibited. Like we don't. That's we exactly right. Yeah. We shouldn't have a. a, a, Ooh, a and I'll Ooh, do you one better, Adriel. Yeah. Then we're never going to get rid of licensing. Fine license me for everything 
Yeah. Make yeah. them jump through all the hoops you want to jump. Classification is, is useless to begin with. Right. I totally agree. Well, okay. A gun you, is a gun. You, you could have two classifications in my, in my book. You could have full auto, which would be restricted to range only, and everything else. Okay. Okay. Whatever. I'll vote yes for that. Yeah, I mean, long story short, just like something that makes sense. So it's easy to classify these things and it's not just left up to interpretation. And, right. ooh, I don't know. This Blaze uh, 22 looks sure looks like an AK-47, so it's wow. prohibited. And, and, that's, yeah. Yeah, and that's that is the, that is the example. That's the prime example of how idiotic it is to have the RCMP firearms lab in charge of these things. Right. Literally, it's a plastic, a cheap plastic clamshell wrapped around a gun yeah but then something i I like the fact that a tavor with an 18 and a half inch barrel is non-restricted and i lay it down next to my ar with an 18 and a half barrel and that gun is much shorter than the air but the air is restricted like okay it's dumb that the tavor is not restricted and the ar is but thank god they didn't just say all semi-autos well wait for it I'm could always do that. Because this is the problem with the RCMP being able to classify anything they want. Yeah. I wouldn't expect they, to stop here. I wouldn't expect anything great in this election cycle. But if the liberals get back in in 2019 um, and this bill's passed. Tracy? Yeah. Tracy, whatever you, just you did, just destroyed your, your audio. Yeah. 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 You can put your butts back in. Okay, here's here's a crazy thought for you guys. Um, we've got the Butler Creek Mag thing, where the Butler Creek Mag for the 1022 has been out for decades. 25 years, at least. 25 years. And then Ruger developed the Charger pistol, which is based on the 1022 action. So There's then the RC- 700 of them in Canada. That's right. And so then the RCMP said, well, this magazine that was designed 25 years ago is inherently designed for... A pistol. Thus, it's prohibited. You cannot have more than 10, 10 rounds in it. Okay, that being said, the RCMP could come back and say the M1 Garand, designed in 1936, is a derivative of the AR-15 and thus is a restricted firearm. That, that's, it follows the same logic. Yeah. Any semi-auto is now a derivative of the well, that's AR-15. That, that's why and, like variant variant is, is too ill-defined and too ambiguous. Well, and that's why it. you need more common sense, straightforward legislation that makes Or how about a definition of variant? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You wouldn't want, you You don't want to like go down that route. Well. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Tracy, you're telling us about, what What else was in C, uh, C50, C71? Sorry. Um, those were sort of our main concerns. So just mm-hmm. to recap, um, the private sales, I think uh, to in order to process that program, You've got to build the infrastructure, which basically accomplishes the same thing as the long gun registry. That cost us um, end up being over $2 billion, was it? So there's going to be a significant uh, resources required in order to support this infrastructure. Now, uh, to me, I don't know. I'd rather take that money and put it towards fighting crime, actual crime. So it's just wasteful and ineffective. And I think it's, you know... I just think it's targeting the wrong the wrong area. So, um, yeah, we've got the infrastructure and what it's going to cost to support this registrar who will keep a, hmm, a registry. So um, there's and you have to cost- call them and talk <clears throat> to them on the phone, like for for restricted licenses or what? How many uh, two hundred thousand licenses? How many how many people are licensed for restricted? Somewhere around uh, there. 976,000, I believe, in Canada. 
yeah. almost a million. And there's two million non-restricted. Like there's there's a lot of people that a lot of extra volume they're going to add to those call centers, and they're going to have to pay all these people to take That's calls. That's right. For permission slips to, to sell non well, just call shotguns and just the database to keep this entire infrastructure to keep all these reference numbers so they can go back and prove that when you sold your shotgun to Johnny, you both had a license, right? Literally, so, the only thing missing from this is a registration certificate. Uh, well, that's your reference number. The only thing really missing is the um, the identifying information about the firearm, and CFOs are of course allowed to always increase measures they're not allowed to decrease measures so watch for your cfo to require that and then Hmm. what you've got is the liberals promise to not return to a federal long gun registry yeah they're right they're gonna let the provinces do it all of them Hmm. i'm yeah i'm gonna go out on a limb and say new brunswick ain't gonna do it i hope not um yeah so number one it'll be quebec ontario then bc yeah ontario will be right there oh yeah they'll love it right there with it Oh, yeah. Kathleen's well, all know. over that. Well, we'll see because we've got a uh, provincial election. Well, you're right. Ontario, Doug right? won't. She's no, Doug won't. <laughs> Doug She's actually not. is of the opinion that the CFO doesn't necessarily need to be OPP. He's not sure why it is. That's he said good. it could be anyone. It's a, it's an appointed position, right? That's right. Absolutely. And it is anyone in other provinces. I, I would like to declare my candidacy. <laughs> I would, I Me would too. Love. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm close. Like, it's local. It's a short commute for me. Right. So, uh, yeah, we got a little problem with that whole, you know, you got about two thirds or three quarters of the way to a registry right there. And it's a very short jump to the rest. Uh, we've got the problem with going through an ent- a person's entire life history. You know, you could have that one crazy ex from 20 years ago. Now it's going to cause you a problem. Um, as, and it includes renewals, not just new applications. So it's a privacy concern. Um, the ATTs basically returning back to paper ATTs for anything other than the range when there, you know, there's no evidence forthcoming to indicate that any significant issues associated with ATTs caused a problem for law enforcement or had any related risk to public safety. Not just that Tracy, every time they change the policy on ATTs, it's been a couple of times here in the province, depending on our CFO, they've changed things. Um, When we were required one everywhere, like the new Brunswick CFO changed things once in a while. They never inform law enforcement. Uh, we got guys going to the floor right. open from Nova Scotia who get to the airport coming home, and the CBSA officer's like, "Where's your ATT?" Yeah, he's like, "It's not 2012, dude." Well, and, I know, and they and it was they, a Sunday, and he didn't let them through until they finally got a hold of somebody who said, "Yeah, that doesn't exist anymore." He's tied up for an hour because some guy wasn't trained. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly, and that's the thing. Law enforcement doesn't know the laws. Canadians don't know the laws. Well, they're not told Members the laws. Of Parliament don't know the laws. That At was the time, the RCMP different. don't know the laws. Yeah, I think the people the advising the government are gun owners. People who yeah. advise the government don't know the laws. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, um, and then the the big one that we've uh, got a real problem with, of course, is the you know the police state that we are creating by removing any um, parliamentary oversight. It'll just be a carte blanche. RCMP will be free to do whatever they want, and. Um, you know, I think I think we've got to really think about that. So that doesn't fit in any democracy or form of it that I've ever heard of. So those are some things. Now, there are some things you can do. So we're going to be launching a series of um, products and materials that we're going to put out to gun owners. Uh, we've got a, um, a link on the website right now 
called C71 Simplified Bill Analysis and Contentions. We've seen a bunch of other products come out on the internet, you know, here, here's all the things wrong, and these are massive lists of, of things. We've got to really simplify it down so the average guy can write to the average MP, which usually neither of them has a whole bunch of um, knowledge on this topic, right? So we've I, identified a few problems, and we've put right on there what you could do. So we want you to call your MP, especially if they're liberal rural MPs. I'm going to lose battery. Let me just plug in. So there's some things we can do here. Uh, what can you do? You can phone your MP once per week. So these calls are super important. I think once per week is a good amount. Don't threaten them. Don't be crazy. Just be polite. You can use the talking points from the web article um, to have your discussion with them. Let them know you don't support C71. You don't support debate being shut down. Um, and, and voice your concerns. And ask them to get to work on some valid crime prevention um, strategies, right? Um, the second thing you can do is educate yourself on the top topic, be able to explain why you don't like it. Why there's this bad legislation. Um, we've given you those materials and we're, we've got a bunch more stuff coming out. Um, so Rod's got some political videos that he's going to be putting out in the coming days. We're going to get sharing those, share them everywhere. And lastly, of course, join the CCFR. That's what you can do to fight C71. Um, are we going to win it? I, I don't know. Uh, we're going to committee. Well, the bill is going to committee. Um, I have uh, put us up for consideration for witnesses for committee. I did attend a uh, foreign affairs committee session on C-47 a while back. So I think it would be really great to have um, maybe Rod come and, and uh, comment on that. You know, hopefully we can get some amendments in. I was hoping to maybe delay the process a little bit with a clause by clause reading and things like that. But as you've seen in the last few days, they are ramming this through. So, yeah, vote. That's your biggest mm. thing you can do. Um, now, Brian had mentioned a little while ago talking about um, people, you know, uh, commenting on legislation or being involved in legislation without having topic knowledge. So that fits really nicely in with the next thing I want to talk to you about. So you may remember last fall uh, we had a petition, um, Member of Parliament from Calgary Nose Hill, Michelle Rempel, who's a very good friend of mine. She uh, sponsored my parliamentary e-petition, which basically asks Goodale to run his members of the Canadian Firearms Advisory Committee, also known as CFAC, through the Canadian Firearms Safety course. The course is not difficult. My daughter did it at 12. You know, it's, it's not difficult. It by no means makes you an expert, but it does give you at least a baseline of topic knowledge. I actually met uh, last week during lobby week, uh, Rod and I met, went and met with one of the members on CFAC and he was talking about the FAC. So, so we sort of corrected and we talked about the PAL and he wasn't even aware what it was. So these are people the minister has tasked him with advising him on legislation surrounding the firearms file who don't even know what a license is. So, um, the good news is Michelle did a little presser yesterday. I went down to the House of Commons and joined her um, down in the um, uh, in the gallery right outside where you watch QP. We did a presser there. I didn't speak. I let her and Pierre Paul Huss, who is the opposition critic for public safety, they spoke about it, did a little presser, did some questions with the media. Michelle and I went off uh, on the side afterwards and did an interview and then um, she was supposed to be able to present her petition after question period, which is 
really, really rangy yesterday. They were really riled up. Um, anyways, the Liberals passed a motion to go ahead with orders of the day, of course. So my petition didn't get tabled yesterday. However, she did get it done today. So they'll have video clip from all three of those little events. We're going to roll it into one shareable piece. And we're going to put that out there. And now we wait for public safety to give us their official response. So I think here's the point where we get to sort of, uh, I, I full well expect Minister Goodale to come back and tell me to take a flying leap, that he will not force his committee to go through the course, which we have offered to provide. We happen to have a CEO who teaches the Canadian Firearm Safety course. He's put about 4,000 people through it. So you know, we, we have offered to provide the course for them just to give them a little bit of base topic knowledge. Um, if that's refused, then here's where we basically just discredit the committee, right? I, I don't know where else to go with that. Um, I've also got some correspondence ongoing with um, the ethics critic, uh, Peter Kent. You may remember him. He was a, a newscaster and now he's a member of parliament. He is the ethics critic. And I've been speaking with him about um, some information I've discovered in some of my many ATIPs. My desk is literally about two feet high with ATIPs right now. Um, and I've got, I did an ATIP for a, a piece of, a memo that I found online on the Polly Souviang, the Polly Remembers website. Basically, it's an 18-page document asking the Liberal government for legislation. Well, the the uh, the meaning behind the word lobby is to influence government and to influence legislation, right? And Natalie Provost, who you are aware, is vice chair of CFAC. She's appointed to the minister's committee signed an agreement with the minister that she would not lobby for Polly Souviang while serving on the committee. Now, I, I saw that document online. However, it's just the verbiage from it. I wanted that original document. I want to know who sent it and I want to know who signed it because I did have a sneaky suspicion that I might find Miss Provost's signature on there. Sure enough, I did. It's exactly what I found. So I've got Miss Provost's signature on a document requesting legislation from the government while she also serves on the committee, and I also have her signed agreement with the minister promising not to lobby him while she served on that position. So that's a massive ethics violation, and I'd like her removed from the committee immediately. So there's a lot going on with that committee right now. Um, unfortunately, this would have been a great opportunity for the minister to create uh, basically a panel of credible, valid experts, right? And instead, he's chose to... Um, you know, kind of make a some sort of facade with it. You know, it's like a political construct. So, yeah, I think um, one of our main objectives uh, this spring should be to completely destroy it. So that's that's one of my main missions. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. So, yeah. I like it. I like it yeah. So that's part of my lobby work. Um, speaking of lobby week, do you want me to continue? Sure. I always have so much to say, so just cut me off at any time. <laughs> so Rod came down. We had a whirlwind tour. It lasted about 10 days for him, about eight for me. I ditched him and didn't go to TACOM, which I immediately regretted that decision. But, um, yeah, we did, 48 hours after the bill was tabled, we had already put in about a solid 23 hours on the hill. It was absolutely insane. Uh, so he, uh, I went and picked him up in Toronto. We did the sportsman show. We attended an event with OFA. 
you know, did some work with them. And then we drove back to Ottawa on the Sunday. Monday, we went for a field trip with uh, Ryan Harriman at SFRC, which we had to cut short. And in fact, I had to pull over on the highway because we were doing interviews inside the car. So it was the pandemonium began very early. So we got back to Ottawa. We ran downtown. We did an in-studio interview with Brian Lilly. You guys may have heard it on 580CFRA. And uh, later on that day, we we met with um, uh, Dan Bryan from Public Safety. And then Rod did a very late night interview with Courtney from City News Edmonton. The next morning, we got up early. The bill was tabled. So that's when the real work began. We actually watched the bill being tabled from uh, former Public Safety Minister Stephen Blaney's office. So I just thought it would be kind of interesting to watch the tabling of a bill destroying what he had done from his office, right? So we did that, um, and then we uh, followed that up with a meeting with Pierre Paul Huss. He is the opposition critic for public safety, and he had a a whole team of, of staff there. It was amazing. So they had just come out of a caucus meeting discussing the uh, legislation. Rod and I also attended all, this was all within a two hour time period. We also attended a technical briefing with the minister. So it was just one thing after another. We left there. We ran over to CTV national news studios on queen street. And we uh, did two interviews there. So we had Rod in makeup and literally did one interview in a hallway and then went into the studio and did another one. Uh, we ran back to the hotel, got on the phone. We did, um, I did an interview with uh, the Rick Gibbons show in Ottawa. Uh, meanwhile, Rod was doing one with Andrew Lawton. And we basically just traded off the entire afternoon, about three more hours of that. We had John Gormley. We had the Charles Adler show. We had BBC. At one point, actually, Rod was on the, on the phone doing an interview, I think, with BBC. And I did an interview with Le Devoir out of Montreal. So I was out in the hallway doing my interview. And of course, all the cleaning ladies were watching me and listening. And I thought, that's okay. But if you start that vacuum, we're in, we're going (laughs) to, we're going to have words. So yeah, it was really cool. So then, uh, that was our afternoon. And then we, uh, jumped back into action. We headed over to Confederation building and we had a meeting. We hosted a round table with the entire conservative hunting and angling caucus and a couple other MPs, Cheryl Gallant. Um, so we had Blaine Calkins, uh, Bob Zimmer, Robert Sopak, Larry Miller, you know, all the, all the typical gun guys. And uh, we held a roundtable discussion, sort of a strategic planning session. So that was one day, all that, what I just told you. That was one day. So it was a very, very long day. Uh, Wednesday, we started off, uh, we met with TJ Harvey, we had a couple other informal meetings, and then we had uh, we had one with opposition, but we were not at liberty to discuss it. Then we attended question period in the House of Commons. Um, I was a little disappointed that day because it was the day after the bill was tabled, and there was literally only one question about about the bill during question period. I do realize they needed some time to go through it with their legal experts and sort of decide where they're going, and you know, opposition has gotten a little more on the ball since then. So I do really appreciate that. Uh, we did a couple more interviews. Mike Farwell's show, 570 Kitchener, the Ryan Jesper, Jesperson show. We did a whole bunch of them. Then Thursday. Thursday, we had scheduled a parliamentary press conference. So this was really cool. 
this was a really neat platform to get ourselves in front of national media, but not in an interview setting. In an interview setting, you're sort of at the mercy of your interviewer. So they can usually sometimes are hostile. Sometimes their questions are leading or directing you in a certain direction. This was cool because we got to basically say our statements, say whatever we wanted. And uh, we had 10 minutes between Rod and I to do so. And then a, a 20 minute, minute question period followed. And then literally they had to throw us out and the questions were still going on. So we ended up off in a side hallway with the media and continued on there. So that was really good. Um, then we stopped in to see Brad Trost. I wanted to check up uh, with him. As you know, he is the one. He's actually got some court action with the conservatives right now because he um, his, <coughs> his leadership campaign was deemed responsible for the membership leak to the NFA. So he um, he's defending himself against those charges. And uh, we went and uh, met with him to discuss that. So we just literally had like a whirlwind tour. And then we ended that day off with a pub night, which we stayed up way too late. We had probably 60 people show up. I've never seen a pub night like it. And uh, it was great. Nanook gave us a bunch of um, those little cases to give away. So we had some prizes and uh, it was really important to Rod to be able to um, sort of get down to that gr- grassroots boots on the ground level and mm-hmm. discuss things with his, uh, with the members, meet them, shake hands. You know, we never want to be just talking heads. You know, we want to connect with our members because members come yep. first. So, yep. so yeah. how do, uh, how do people help out with the fight in terms of like, uh, supporting the CCFR? Where can they, uh, where can they reach out and how can they, uh, how can they help with, uh, funding you guys? Well, if you go to firearmrights.ca, you can get your membership there. You'll see a bunch of big buttons right on the home screen. Um, so we've got on there, give today, donate. So, you know, if you want to throw a few bucks, everything costs money, even just parking that week, going back and forth to these meetings in downtown, you know, it's not free. Um, so, uh, you can give, give, donate anything you can. Every little bit helps. You can become a member. That's the most important thing. There yeah. is strength in numbers. Yeah. You Money know, is and, one thing, but having names well, yeah, and numbers. I mean, I, and I know, I know that we speak for more than just our own members because there's a lot of gun owners out there. However, I can't really say that with any credibility unless you're well, a member, right? Look so. at it this way. If everyone who liked us on Facebook bought a membership, we would run the country. Well, yeah. You know, if we had the budget that some people do, it would be amazing what could happen. Like, look mm-hmm. at the amount of work and, and product You know, we've got gundebate.ca, we've got the CCFR website, all these really cool advocacy tools. We've got the biggest team of volunteers in the history of gun organizations. We've got, what, 230 boots on the ground? Well, double that, right? 460, because we're all wearing two boots. But, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, we've got this amazing team of volunteers. We've got these really awesome advocacy projects. We've developed the tools to help gun owners debate effectively on their own. We've got lobbyists in Ottawa. We've got a huge public relations campaign, you know, and we're doing all this on a fairly tight budget, comparatively speaking. Well, yeah, it is tight, right? So We only have two paid employees. Yeah. And look at what we've done, and we're not even three years old. Well, I I know, and that's, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to toot my own horn or, or 
sing, sing the praises or even put down anybody else's work because all advocacy is good advocacy. But no, we're not here to put anyone down. We're supposed to cooperate, work together. The 100%. anti's united, so we need to be united. But uh, there's no denying that we we have definitely gained a lot of traction in the short amount of time we've existed. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I mean, got Mark, I mean, Mark Holland calling my cell phone and yeah. a regular meeting with public safety. That's never happened. Like, I don't know. I we're doing something right. I think because we're rational, we're we take a really good um, stance on things and we present ourselves well. Um, but yeah, I, I we literally cannot do this without people. We need help. We need funds. We need members. And if you're interested in volunteering and doing more, send an email to volunteer at firearmrights.ca and think about joining the team. Um, Definitely. Yeah. You know, so for all those listeners out there, head on over to firearmrights.ca and uh, consider getting a membership. Tracy, thanks. Uh, thanks again for coming on and talking about this. It's uh, it's kind of a, a dicey subject and there's a lot of uh, a lot of opinion as to like what this even means. And it was really helpful having uh, having your expertise to uh, to kind of guide us through. Thanks for having me on. I know I'm a little long-winded, but there's so much to talk about. And well, it's, it's, it's so good. I mean, you're you're dropping uh, a couple of, uh, yeah, and then we did this show, and then this show, and then this show, and then this show, and it's like, well, that's and that and that was one day. It's, it's yeah. an incredible, incredible amount of uh, volume of, of of what you guys are doing, and uh, we appreciate that you're doing it. Absolutely, yeah. we're in it together, guys. Awesome. Thanks again, Tracy. Thank you. Let's get on to the news. Uh, Remington si- uh, filed for bankruptcy, so that's uh, I'm that's surprised. happening. Color me yeah. shocked. Yeah, uh, that's I, they were we some other different bankruptcy protections. So now that they're just filing for bankruptcy, I guess it's uh, you know just continuing along that path. Uh, go sign that petition. So the, I, I'll put a link in the show notes to the petition uh, against C seventy one. Uh, but it's important to show that uh, gun owners are pissed <laughs> that uh, we don't like it when uh, when we have these terrible uh, laws uh, put us against us. Uh, so this is, again, just showing all these votes that they're going to lose at the next election. So the it's e-petition uh, 1608. 1608, if you just want to head right on over there. I yeah. believe yeah. it's been shared on, on Slamfire, correct? Correct. So if you can't find it, guys, just go to our Facebook page and the link yeah. is there. And uh, and please feel free to sign or to uh, share it as well on your own walls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's yeah. currently sixteen thousand nine hundred and twenty-seven signatures. Uh, Broken Ontario, down by province. Ontario is in the lead. Good. By the way, they got the and, most people. Yep, they got a lot should, of gun owners. Yeah, Ontario yeah. should should lead that. We we want to represent. Yeah. Um, on this one, if we have the biggest population, we should have the biggest should. people voting. Yeah. Right, but everything's a contest, so come on, everybody else. Don't let Ontario make us look bad. <laughs> hey, you know what? If if Ontario puts up big numbers and the other province put up bigger numbers, we all win. That's exactly. correct. New Brunswick, by the way, out of the East Coast, New Brunswick has the most people who have signed it. Just saying. There you go. Do you come have on, the Nova Scotia. Out of the East Coast? Come on, Nova Scotia. <laughs> no, you I'm can, here in a place called Halifax. For your Halifax has more people than all of New Brunswick and Prince Royal combined. True story. Alex doesn't have that many people, yeah, though, does it? True. No. Actually, Kingston, Ontario has more people than Prince Edward Island. There okay. you go. Can we can we stop the civics lesson and let's move on with the news? <laughs> talk about some guns. All right. I want to talk about this gun. The uh, like Wolverine Supplies, they've got the FX9 pre-order live. $8.99 for a non-restricted 9mm AR style carbine. Uh-oh. And- 
this is the coolest one I've seen so far today. Okay, it's now, pretty- okay. Bullseye London has this on on sale right now or presale. I think it's junk. Prove me wrong. Send me one. <laughs> Send me one now. <laughs> That's how it works, Brian. That's how it works. <laughs> no, it looks good. It looks really good. They should send you like our carbine too, just so you've got both of them to to check. Except out. they decided in 2018 to not provide an Ambi mag release. Thank you very much. Yeah, you know Brian. that just affects like you know the, the only mom. person that cares about that is the left-handed person, right? I'm 25% of the crew on the show right now. I'm higher than the national average. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, right. the FX9, so it's cool. It's, it, it takes uh, AR grips, AR buttstocks. I believe that's an AR forend. Uh, the trigger group was a little bit different. They mentioned that yeah. you, you might want something that's got a little bit more engagement on it. Uh, but other than that, and takes air charging mags. Air charging handle? It's got an air charging handle. Well, sorry. It's got an air style charging handle. You rack the bolt on this thing the same way you do on a regular air. Yeah. Same ergonomics. It's ahead of the uh, JR carbine. Yes, it is. Perspective. But at least the JR carbine is reversible, right? I guess so. Yeah. Yes, it is. You're right. But however, ejection has never bothered me on a semi-automatic rifle yeah for me it's not about ejection it's about i believe the charging handle should be on the left hand because if you take your hand off fire control your thing falls off yeah the internet taught me that yeah um, i don't like yeah, there's that. there's people who believe that however i disagree with them how okay, but fair. this really should have an ambi mag release uh like because it's 2018 <laughs> okay maybe you put one in. you're not formulating a cabinet stop it um <laughs> Yeah, this has you. a air trigger guard, so you can swap out one for to accommodate a glove like the yeah. magical one. This has air safety. This has air bolt release. Now, when I say that, are the parts interchangeable? I don't know. But no. when I say it, I, I mean they're in the same location as they yeah, are. And, the and it has takedown pins as opposed to the JR, which uses right. screws. Now, the picture shown is of a 16-inch barrel. So the 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 look between the style if you will of how much handguard the ratio of handguard to barrel looks amazing um what they're selling of course since it's non-restricted will be a minimum of 18 and a half inch i wonder if the handguard if it is a true ar handguard and we can replace it with a 15 inch lightweight handguard oh baby they're using an 18.6 inch uh, freedom freedom ordnance barrel Okay. for half by 28 muzzle devices. That's standard. Yeah. I yes. wonder about the length of the handguard because if it's like a 14-inch handguard on a 16-inch barrel. 13-inch free float M-lock. Okay, that's going to look lame on an 18-inch barrel. Yeah, get a longer one. It provided it's no, got an error. Yeah. It's not going to really look that lame. It's not going to look any different than the AR that I have in my hand, which is a 12-inch handguard on a 20-inch barrel. Hmm. Anyways, looks cool. Nine hundred bucks. You can you can change bags. what you want. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, one inch, uh, one inch shorter uh, receiver. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit more compact, and you don't Man, have to mag way out front. Well, and it's what gets me is that they mention about the trigger group, and you know, putting in an aftermarket trigger could be a problem. Okay, it's a PDW. This is not a precision right. instrument. Yeah. You don't That's need to have a a really crisp masquerade trigger in it. You just need something good and. Get after it. Go shoot. Depending on your jurisdiction, make an excellent trunk gun. Yes. Plinking, plinking with like a PCC is so fun. Like a red dot on a PCC. Oh, oh, so fun. I loved, I loved shooting my my sub two thousand until I wore it out. Yep. 
Yeah. yeah. Great, great, uh, you know, a rifle platform with a nine mil. Come on. No, yeah. what was what I thought was funny with the JR carbine this weekend, it was loud and had more recoil than I would have anticipated. I, yeah. I don't know why. I, yeah, but aren't really? you the one that also said you found the grip texture on an FN too aggressive? Yes, and I had been shooting a lot of twenty two rimfire lately, so my 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 perception may be skewed. Yeah, you may need to clean the sand out of your lady parts. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Who's, All right. Let's who's keep created going. children and who hasn't? Fair. Fair. Your wife did a fine job. On I question whether or not you helped, but I know your wife did a great job. She I bet your kids are great. She might have. She she let me participate. So <laughs> she may have let you practice, but I'm not sure you were there for the big show. I, I'm I'm getting fine. Whatever. <laughs> it's like Adrian was saying before about three gun. Having the practices is, is as good as the match. <laughs> it's important to practice with a partner, though, Brian. <laughs> She's in a room. <laughs> Kelly oh. looks oh so impressed. Adriel, you need to move us along. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Listener feedback. Uh, I'll take these from James B. I'm going to read them as written. If Bill C-71 passes, I'm going hand gunneling on a canoe. Isn't it funny how many guns go missing on boats? It's true. Yeah. Also gonna... from uh, James B. Mini snaps, Carver, Merlots, and Merlot? Merlots? Merlot. Merlot. And seven yep. Accept the challenge, and we'll teach you, Trevor, how to sing the greatest song the galaxy has ever known. Sorry, filthy. So, what this is about is um, him and the girls call me quite often and pick on me and stuff while I'm driving or whatever. And um, I challenge them to a singing off kind of thing. If they raise 50 bucks for the charity shoot, I would sing their favorite song from the movie. Uh, what's the one with the talking snowman that came out recently? Uh, Frozen? Yeah, Frozen. there's a song in Frozen they want me to sing. I've never seen it, and I, I really hope to have lived the rest of my life without seeing it. But if the mini snaps want to raise 50 bucks for the charity, apparently I have to sing on the show. So game on. Um, but that reminds why, me also. Why, why are they making us suffer? For money. What gets what what gets he, me is why James. Children. I don't know. You just you have if, to take this challenge and just let it go, Trevor. I, I think Ginger Snaps should email me his address so I can send him an EMT for fifty bucks to get to his kids to get to charity. That's what I think. That's so I can sing. Thanks for that. <laughs> but here's the thing: anyone out there who cannot make the charity shoot, who would like to donate to the charity shoot, because this has been a thing every year. We've always collected money from people ahead of time who can't make it. Please, by all means, it's time. By all means, it's time to start sending money in so you can send your donations to the Dalhousie Regional High School Breakfast Program to us at slamfireradio@gmail.com. Absolutely. And I don't want to have to sing for it. What do you want for the password? Uh, that people aren't going to put in there anyways, but what do you want for the password? Slimefire. Sure. Yeah, sure. Cool. Okay. iTunes reviews. Kelly, do you want to take the one from My Name Flint? My Name Flint. It's a five-star rating, and the title is Listening for a While. The review is Love the Show. I appreciate, I appreciate how informative and funny you guys keep it. Well, thank you, Flint. My name is Flint. I think awesome. that's Nathan. By the way, I think that's Nathan Flint. I'm going to give him a shout out a little bit. Maybe. Maybe. If you want to give us a review, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes or Podbean or Podcast or whatever podcast app you have. 
Uh, Podbean had one from Andrew R. Uh, Brian, did you want to read this one? Yeah, I'll go ahead. Okay, from Andrew R. Great show, gang. I really hope some more people sign up for the Falachi. It's been a thing I've wanted to take part in ever since I learned what it was, and especially since I listened to the show after last year's course, as well as this show. You're listening to this show now, and you want to go to the Falachi course? Well done. Uh, fingers crossed that it can happen. Early in the show, Trevor and Adriel were talking about Adriel's aftermarket magwell and discussing whether it was made from aluminum, brass, or some combination of the two. Gassing brass is more desirable because the weight reduces felt recoil, although to me the placement of such a large weight seems counterintuitive. I'm not a physicist, but it isn't, but isn't a downwards force at the back and rear of the gun the same as an upward force at the front of the gun? In other words... Wouldn't a heavy brass magwell increase the flipperosity of your handgun? Oh, yeah, I said the oh, he made me say the word. Oh, <laughs> Andrew, you first win. Time, first time in podcasting history, he has uttered the word. That's you tricked me. Oh, okay, anyway, well done. It's I'm, like getting you to say Beetlejuice or, <laughs> or something. Oh, he wins. I'm hardly an expert on the subject, so I'd enjoy hearing what you have to say on the matter, gentlemen who have magwells. Please talk. Well, oh, more, more weights better. Yeah. And if you go back and listen to the episode with Andrew from Atlas Guns, he talks about how that weight on the bottom helps the gun return to zero. So the gun may go up, yes, but it's about the gun stopping at neutral and not dipping down past. So the gun flips up, but when it comes back down, it doesn't go past center, if you know what I mean. The gun stops where the sight needs to stop to be in the notch. I hope that makes sense. It also acts like a keel on a boat. Like it keeps things. Yeah. So it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if, um, if our guns were already heavy enough, uh, it would, it would come down to tuning and you'd want to tune where it's returning to now on a Glock, any weight, wherever you can put it is going to make it better than yes. Yeah. Because they're, they're they're so damn light. So, throw you know as much weight as possible everywhere on the gun and uh you know if you if you have the problem of too much weight and then you need to tune it then yeah you know add or remove here and there and try to get it so that it returns to the right spot all the time so i had that glock 35 which is the extended slide version even though there's a cut in the top of the slide to reduce weight i had the solid brass magwell with the solid brass grip plug the larger of the two sizes available and one day while cleaning the gun, I removed it and I picked up the gun and it was so top heavy. It was just ridiculous. Yeah. There's just nothing in the grip. Nope. Yeah. It's like a plastic shell. <laughs> almost like it's made of plastic and um, nothing else. It's almost <laughs> like it was intended to be lightweight and easy to carry. Yeah. 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 And in the 19, it's exactly right. Everything else. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think Andrew continues to say my Patreon pledge was supposed to be 410, but for whatever reason, the Patreon website kept changing it to 409 computers, right? Yeah. Maybe the coders were fans of the Beach Boys? I don't know. Oh, sorry. Nice. Shoutouts. All right. Do you have any shoutouts? No. Okay. Adriel. No. Kelly. Yes, I have a couple. These are all guys that came up to me at the .com, and they said, Kelly, I'll listen to Slamfire. So it's Nathan Flint, um, Marcado, uh, Joe Cameron, Thomas Stika, who brought me those amazing beers. Thank you, Thomas. Chitka. Yes. 
Uh, and Stan, and I didn't get Stan's last name, but he has been listening to Trevor and Matthew since the beginning. And he says he got into uh, shooting pistol, and it's all Trevor's fault. Awesome. Yeah. Brian? Uh, I want to say uh, it was nice to meet you, Kelly Squared. Even though I took Kelly not squared a while to introduce us. Um, Matt McClatchy, I'd like to thank you for covering for my absence last week. (laughs) (laughs) That's very gracious of you. It is. It is kind of. It is. All right. All right. Okay. Matthew, do you have a shout out? Uh, oh, no, it's uh, I'm going to just take a second to announce something that I forgot to announce. And I know you're in a hurry and I apologize, um, but it's kind of big news. I'm starting my very own gun show. I found a weekend in November. You're with on my a gun show right now. No, no, no. That's I mean, it. a gun show, like show up, rent a table, sell your guns. Oh, event. you yeah. really, really should have came to Totcom then. No, yeah, no, it's a different kind of thing. It's yeah. a different kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So, it'll be very funny, but that's fine. Cause that's what I mean. Is, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's there's no gun show on my end of the province. And so I learned, at, like, when I was 16, if you want something to happen, you could wait for someone to do it or you could just do it yourself. So I've been doing it myself since I was 16. So um, there's no gun show here, so I'm going to start one. <laughs> I yeah, can... You need more to do. <laughs> I, I cannot wait for the copious messages and emails with you complaining about how hard this is and how much how stupid this was for you to take on and seriously watching stuff, you just, just the stuff that I run and organize I can't put on a one day gun show seriously yeah, I'm just waiting <laughs> no you're gonna whine about it like but I whine about everything I whine about I'm not having something to whine about I, I don't yeah, need something else for you to whine to me about that's that's all I'm just trying to protect there. my interests my my shallow anyway. interests right I'm whine anyways what's the right. point exactly uh, don't fight it yeah this is true and for the for the people in your area they will have a gun show so good job trevor and i guess i'll block you <laughs> <That's all. laughs> why not you block everybody else who criticizes you on social media uh, no you'd be surprised <laughs> i would be it's like four people who got away with it so far i'm one of them <laughs> <laughs> awesome all right, Patreon supporters, we have 84. Uh, our new Patreons are Brant H, Jonathan H, and Sean H. Uh, make sure when you guys sign up that you email us your address so we can send you some stuff in the mail. If you want to sign up to Patreon, go to, uh, for us, uh, go to patreon.com forward slash slamfire radio. Uh, finally, please join one or more of our national firearms associations, such as the CCFR, the CSSA. It's important to get them uh, out there uh, doing all this media stuff because that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> I'm glad Tracy's doing it, and I don't have to do it. <laughs> Someone's got to get out there and uh, and be on TV and uh, uh, be a, a good good role model, good spokesperson. And uh, those two are pretty close. <laughs> Uh, get out there hunting, blast some long range F class targets, uh, give your MP a call or a letter or something about, uh, C 71 and make sure you, uh, get in touch with them and, uh, likes on Facebook. We've got 1,873 likes over there. That's where you can discuss the show. Check us out on gun owners of Canada. We have a thread over there and, uh, I'll see you at the Calgary gun show tomorrow. Maybe good night, everyone. Night everybody. 
So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.